Listeners, Last Film Standing is back. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Brandon Jones. Uh, Z will be coming through later here on the recording. Uh, I just wanted to give this intro to you to let you know that we are back. Um, We haven't been on the air, I think, since February. And basically what ended up happening is we had a lot of technical issues, and then I got very busy, he got very busy. We have finally gotten back on track. Uh, We recorded episodes here and there while we were off the air, so we're going to start rolling those out over the next couple of days, and then we'll be caught right back up on track uh, with episode 119. Um, The episode that you are about to hear is 112. Uh, We reviewed the movies Snitch and Dark Skies, as well as talking about the Oscars, so feel free to skip through that um, or skip all the way to 119. Anyway, thanks for listening as always, and we will talk to you later. Listeners, welcome back to Last Film Standing, episode number 112, your conversational movie review and news podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Jones, and joining me in the co-pilot seat, as always, Zravko Rosic. And I have given up fighting the greys, Brandon. I have given up. You know, we'll get to that. And we are coming to you, recorded live, February 26th, 2013, from Brooklyn, New York. On today's show, we will be talking about recent releases, Snitch and Dark Skies. Yes, and also we'll be discussing this week's topic of the week, our thoughts on the 85th Academy Awards, and bringing you, as always, this week's Vlogs of the Week. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you just joining Last Film Standing for the very first time to be a part of the show, you can tweet at and follow myself on Twitter at Lamar Diablo. It's L-A-M-A-R Diablo, one word. You can follow Zed here at Last Z Standing. Email us at feedback at lastfilmstanding.com and write on our Facebook fan page wall at facebook.com slash lastfilmstanding. Uh, just like at Real Aman Salman, who kept this company during the Oscars. Yeah, we'll give uh, you a podcast shout-out, and then uh, we'll also uh, tag you on the uh, the quote-unquote publicity thing for this podcast. Um, it's very cool. And, uh, again, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later when we get to Topic of the Week, but that was a very cool thing. Yes. So, listeners, without further ado, let's, let's go, go to, to the movies. movies. So, first up, we have Snitch, which pulled in about 13 plus million. Uh, is it about a father that goes undercover for the DEA in order to free his son, who was imprisoned after being set up in a drug deal? It is directed by Rick Roman Wah, who's uh, responsible for Felon, In the Shadows, and Exit, Exit in particular, as Alan Smithy, for those of you who uh, know what that is. Fun trivia. Stars Dwayne Johnson, Susan Sarandon, and John Bernthal. You know John Bernthal from The Walking Dead as Shane. Uh, and then it is written by Justin Haith, uh, who's responsible for Revolutionary Road and The Clearing. 
and then as well as the director who uh, wrote the aforementioned films. And this movie is inspired by true events. Um, yes. So let me ask you, though, uh, since you saw this film and I actually didn't have the chance to uh, check it out, um, what it seemed to me to be more, um, you know, the idea in my head was that it would be something in the vein of walking tall, kind of rock does this kind of... Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson does this film that's based on true events and it has kind of like some general, it's generally inspired by it, but then it becomes still kind of a beautiful for, you know, Rock being badass and beating up on everybody around him. Does that kind of fit the profile or does this deviate from that kind of formula of uh, Rock? true story. <laughs> I would say it's about as close to that as Flight being a feel-good movie. Um, really? I don't know what's going on, man. Uh, I think Hollywood is panicking is what's happening. Um, you know, with Flight, as we discussed several podcasts ago, uh, they package that as this amazing pilot uh, who is played by Denzel Washington, saves film, or saves flight crew and plane of uh, hundreds and all of a sudden his hero name is tarnished by the fact that he may have had a drink or two before he got on the plane. Uh, that movie ultimately turned out to be about um, a, a, an alcoholic, more or less. Um, it's sort of his, his battle with that addiction. Uh, all the way back to my favorite film of 2012, I believe it was, um, the Grey, marketed as Liam Neeson versus Wolves, as uh, if you watch the Key and Peele skit, you know, yeah. Liam Neeson can, can you know, they sent Wolves after. <laughs> uh, and that movie, again, like, I, it's still, the reason why that was one of my favorite movies is really it was just about a group of guys dealing with the fact that they know they're going to die. Uh, and Liam Neeson was just a knowledgeable guy. He wasn't an action star in that movie. He was just like, this, this could happen this way, this could happen that way. I'll do my best kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, he was, he was uh, you know, working as a, basically, a hunter of, yeah. of the wolves, like kind of protecting the people who worked in these conditions where they were exposed to possible attacks by wolves. So, so he knew sort of the nature of how wolves attack, how they react. Exactly. Um, like, and this, and Snitch really, again, was packaged as... You know, you don't mess with The Rock's kid. Um, and again, a pleasant surprise as those other two movies were, uh, the only action that's in the movie is literally the part in the trailer, and that part is pretty much in the last ten minutes of the movie. Um, so it's the part where they're kind of like, ch there's like a chase scene. With the yeah, truck. with the truck, yeah. It's, it's literally a movie that is about, um, you know, this guy who had a son by um, you know his first wife, he is now moved on and he has a new family, you know, a new wife, a new daughter, a successful business. Uh, his son, uh, literally, um, well, his estranged son, or kind of however that works. Um, you know, they still are on. He's still on decent terms with his ex-wife, and his son basically no longer acknowledges that they have a relationship. His son very innocently has a friend who is. Um, you know, just presented as a drug dealer, tries to FedEx drugs through the mail to his house so that he can just hang on to it because he doesn't want to travel with it through customs. Uh, the son receives it, opens it, DEA was tracking it. Sting, zero tolerance laws. His son gets mandatory minimum sentence of 10 years. Um, 
the DEA basically says to him, uh, if he can bring down or point out other dealers, um, that they can reduce his sentence to two years. He only knows his one friend who basically cut that same deal and pointed the finger at the Rock Sun. Uh, so then they kind of loosely say, are there any of your friends that you think would deal drugs uh, and kind of implying if you set them up to take the fall, you can basically walk away and the son's like, I'm not going to do that. So enter the rock, goes to Susan Sarandon, who is uh, basically the lead prosecutor, says, hey, what can I do to help this along? Um, she's like, nothing. And then the rock kind of starts to go out on his own, again, in a very like logical kind of way. He just tries to buy drugs and film it on camera, uh, gets his ass kicked, which, again, is interesting because I always liken this back to Sarah Michelle Gellar and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and she, I think, did one or two movies during the run of that TV show, but obviously during the TV show, she's fighting giant demons and, you know all sorts of things. Like, she gets punched, yeah. she flies through walls, she just kind of, like, you know, rubs her nose and jumps like back into it with a sword. Yeah. yeah, and it was just, like, so weird to watch her in, I know what you did last summer, like, struggling with this mere teenage human who's, like, holding her arms together kind of thing. Um, and with The Rock, he's obviously a big guy, uh, and it's one of those things that that, to me, um, more so than the acting, I would say, was the suspension of disbelief to kind of think, okay, here are these three, four guys that are jumping him with no weapons. The Rock, you know, I know him from wrestling first, uh, you know, the as Rock an actor. Would, would yeah, smell the, Rock would, the Rock would smack down all four of these people. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's it, it works, and it's, it's cool. Like, it's kind of a... It, it's interesting because The Rock, um, I think as I mentioned in a previous podcast, has talked about wanting to get more into acting roles, um, and as we kind of talked about, I think, last week, I don't think anyone has quite figured out how to write in his charisma and his size without relying so much on his ability to handle an action movie, and this movie is actually a really great first step in that direction. Um, uh, to Z's point about um, Gina Carano in Haywire, there are certain things that I was like, you know, if it was someone else... I don't know, because it's like, if it was someone else, you, it would be a different movie, and I think sort of in the same way that Walking Tall was a very ordinary TV movie that was elevated because The Rock was in it, this movie, I think, probably could have still been a strong movie with another, you know, a person cast in The Rock's role, but I think The Rock brought a lot to it as this, you know, owner of a business of this trucking thing, and this big kind of guy who is around these like gangsters and mobsters and cartel type people um it's like all that strength and you know nothing to do with it to uh to quote the joker um but uh you know it's 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 a film that's a lot more than the trailers um thankfully kind of unsurprisingly um the rock i think is actually very convincing and i hope that he gets a chance to sort of be in more movies like this um you know susan sarandon i don't think think she's in the trailers at least i don't really i don't yeah, I she is actually yeah because i was gonna say i didn't really pay too much attention to the trailers uh barry pepper's always kind of playing awesome you know character role benjamin yeah. bratt is in this um 
And uh, strangely, um, I think his name is Walter Perrineau, Um the guy who played, uh, I keep wanting to say Michael Emerson, but that is actually Benjamin Linus on Lost. Um, but uh, it's the uh, guy who played Link in the Matrix films. Um, I can't remember what his character's name is on Lost, but he's uh, Walt's dad, the black guy. Um, I, uh, it's, it's definitely Paranel, but I, I can't remember his first name. I always get it. I want to say it's Walter. Um, but he's in it for like a really kind of small role, and I was just like, oh, okay, cool. They're trying to cast... You know, it's kind a of pretty solid, strong cast. Yeah, like it's a nice ensemble. There are no sort of throwaway kind of people who have to kind of speak and such. Uh, casting the guy um, who was Shane from Walking Dead, also kind of a cool, inspired choice. Um, just really well-rounded cast. Um, and again, like the emotional sort of tone of this movie, really, really solid. Uh, it's something that could have been probably a B movie, but it was executed in a way that was definitely made it much, much uh, above average in my eyes. Um, and the only thing that I would really say like negative about it um, is just sort of, if you go into this expecting kind of a action movie at every turn, uh, it is definitely not that. Um, and to well, I mean, the, the, the unfortunate part is that that's how it's being uh, yeah. um, marketed. Now, I guess if it's, uh, if people go in there, maybe it will pull in people who normally wouldn't have gone to see this. Um, and maybe they'll be open-minded enough to say, well, you know, it wasn't exactly what I expected, but, uh, you know, I enjoyed it or whatever it is, or at least see it, you know, for what it is, uh, whether they liked it or not. But, um, yeah, because, uh, I mean, I expected this to be a little more action because of the way it was uh, marketed, but I wasn't sure if it was going to be. I wasn't sure if they were just kind of marketing it that way because of the rock or if they just kind of, you know, were playing this game of like, we'll market it this way and we'll kind of like full date and switch on you in a way. Yeah, and I was also really interested uh, or intrigued, I guess, because when I went to see Die Hard last week, a movie that you couldn't go a day without running into three or four ads for it. Um, when I sat in that theater, uh, you know, it was maybe a third full, um, a quarter full, and Snitch was like shoulder to shoulder, which I was kind of like, wow. Like, I was like, I guess this is because of The Rock. Um, you know, there's nothing particular but about... But Die Hard still made uh, more money. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, but I was just really surprised to kind of see a nearly sold-out theater for for this type of movie. Um, but I guess, you know, that that is kind of, you know, the power of The Rock. Um Ultimately, he does have some cachet right now, and and you know deservedly so. He's uh, he's really kind of managed to make this crossover into acting really well because I think he has this ability of being, uh, you know, maybe not amazing actor, but like a very solid actor, very strong actor, and playing you know having developed this sort of. Uh, uh, fan base, I guess. Um, yeah. No, definitely. Um, ultimately, I gave it a four out of five stars. Um, it's a really wow. solid movie. Uh, I highly recommend people checking it out. Um, you might even get a little... Uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a crowd pleaser. There are definitely people sort of clapping at the end um, and sort of cheering. Uh, even though Rock on sight doesn't look like he's an everyman, um, he pulls off some kind of cool every man type of uh, maneuvers um, during the action scene in the movie. So. 
The second movie of the week is Dark Skies. Dark Skies made about 8.1 million. Uh, and uh, it's a story about the Barrett family and how their peaceful suburban life is rocked by an escalating series of disturbing events. Uh, they come to learn that a terrifying and deadly force is after them. Uh, it was directed by Scott Stewart, who uh, directed Priest, Legion, what we talk about when we talk about love, which really very films. Um, it's starring Carrie Russell, uh, Jake Brennan, and Josh Hamilton. Um, it also has Jamie Simmons in it, who I'm a big fan of, uh, all the way from Oz to through you know his stints on Law and Order. As a, as a, what's his name? The newspaper. Uh, in uh, Spider-Man movies. Uh, yeah, um, And uh, it was written by Scott Stewart, uh, who also wrote The Legion and what we talk about when we talk about love. Um, so, Dark Skies, yes. Um, the earlier trailers made it seem like this sort of the standard, your standard horror movie, kind of like haunted house thing, you know, they hinted at like, oh, you know, they mark your family and then that's it. But then, all of a sudden, getting closer to the to their release, they added a few more frames or a few more uh, kind of moments from the film that made us look at it and be like, oh, are these aliens? Looks like they're <laughs> dealing with aliens, and that's exactly what they're dealing with. So. Um, so basically, sort of the story is that you know this family, uh, they're kind of you know, I, I like that end of the story. It was a little bit about like this family kind of struggling. You know, the the father, uh, played by Josh Hamilton, he's uh, he's an architect. Carrie Russell plays uh, the wife, who kind of uh, does a little bit of like. Um, uh, as a realtor and so they're both kind of struggling at that point he's looking for a job she's kind of trying to keep the family uh, above water um, they have two kids you know one is kind of a teenage kid who's just kind of struggling with uh, I think he's like 13 or so just kind of struggling with this whole um, idea of like trying to separate himself from his parents you know just kind of reaching that age um, and the other son is uh, is a few years younger, so he's still kind of like the kid of the family. And uh, and all of a sudden, weird things start happening around them, and uh, you know, they are starting to realize that you know this is, we can't explain this, and uh, it turns out that um, for some reason they are the, uh, basically um, 
<laughs> um, tested on by aliens or whatever is happening, and um, they seek, but they kind of, um, you know, Harry Russell's character does some research, finds this guy played by J.K. Simmons, uh, who kind of tells them, well, listen, you know, kind of, uh, they're aliens, they're basically different families, there's nothing, you know, kind of, there's no big reason why they hate you, they just pick their families, and they just you know, do their tests on you, and we don't, we have no clue why, but, you know, whatever, or how to stop yeah, and uh, so it's kind of like this. This um, it's a little bit of an interesting twist, I think, to the haunted house story. Um, um, I like the idea that it's kind of like um, you know, there's not. A, I like and dislike at the same time the idea that there's not a lot of explanation in it for why and how this is happening. Um, it, the idea of it is nice because, um, because in a way, like, you know, here we are confronted by this sort of really superior technologically for way further advanced species, um, that, you know, has come here and is basically using us as lab rats. Um, and on the other hand, I would like to, at least as an audience member, have been at least hinted or clued into something sort of behind that, that creates a little bit of a grander design. And that's always kind of a, you know, back and forth. Uh, you never I saw like, um, the Nicolas Cage movie, right? The um... Next? No, it was the... I was about to say the most recent one. He's done like eight movies, uh, but he it was the it was the one where uh, his child. Uh, it was the thing with the time capsule. Um, oh, I, I did not see that. It was like some kind of prediction. Yeah, like he could predict like, what was happening. Um, I I didn't see that. Yeah, I I won't delve too much into uh, uh, I guess what's going on. Um, with, with its relation to this movie is to not spoil the ending. Uh, but this movie, it just... I, I think this woman that was sitting behind me, like, summed it up best. Like, when she stood up, she just goes, there was no suspense. And then it, it was just, like, quiet for a second. And I was like, yeah, this movie... basically runs in parallel with Signs. With Signs obviously being a much higher budget uh, version of kind of things are happening, things are happening, things are happening, and kind of because of the M. Night Shyamalan brand at the time, but also because it's a well-crafted, you know, opening two-thirds of a movie where you're like, what is happening? What's going on? It's a beautifully shot movie. Yeah. And this movie just kind of, there's no... I, I, I almost wonder if they didn't drop the alien thing in the trailers, if it would have been a surprise but then i remember sitting there when the credits were rolling and i was like no because they do she sees the alien i would say maybe halfway through the movie but there's just no like to your point like there's no point sort of like it's like all of a sudden like jk simmons character yeah, I, could have I could have explained I, I, anything 
and it would have. I think there was there was a, a as I said, like I I like the the general sort of idea of the film, and uh, and you know there's in a way there's almost nothing too wrong with this film. It's not like a terribly written film. It's well acted. It's nicely shot. It's got some kind of cool effects around the aliens and whatever. Nothing great, crazy, but like just kind of uh, you can tell, okay, this is an independent way of doing this and making it still look you know, good in a way. Yeah. Um, but um, but it, I, I do agree. I, I never felt like, you know, I was that scared. There was that much like that level of suspense where you're kind of like almost like clutching your seat or like wondering what the fuck's going to happen next or like uh, how is this going to develop. Um, it, it was just kind of like it's a it's a concept that somebody brought out like what if ghosts were aliens? And somebody was like, oh, that's kind of a cool idea. Yeah. Uh, and that's where that came from, but it, it doesn't seem like it was as developed. And, 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 you know, I guess in a way, like, kind of delves with the idea, plays with the idea, like, you know, if what might happen or how, how uh, an alien species who's, like, way more advanced than us might see us, possibility. Yeah. Well, there's like a there's a couple of avenues they really could have gone down. I mean, like to that point, like it's like you know there there was the the overt horror aspect of it because I do remember like not so much being startled, but when she walks in and it's like standing there, like I was like, oh okay, like now I'm yeah, ready for like the rest of this movie. Like I'm like okay, like now this is gonna be like a cool whatever, and like it kind of doesn't really go in that direction, and then a different direction. Also, also I, I I do agree. I I think though that. If they hadn't uh, kind of told people that this is a film about aliens, there definitely would have been a little bit more of that, oh, wow, factor, you know? Yeah. Like, if we had gone in there and just, like, watched this, it's like a ghost story, you're watching it, and all of a sudden there's aliens and all this stuff is happening, and it's like, oh, shit, you yeah. know? Oh, cool, twist, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But now that we expected it, it, it just... It was kind of like, as, as I complain about the hangover too, it was kind of like showing the tattoo. Yeah. It just like totally destroys any kind of like yeah. surprise or suspense about it. Because it, it also would have been cool to like, which they sort of do when they're trying to like wrap up the film with like the final night. Like, I, I would actually like to see a movie about a family that has like this extraordinary situation about them and no one believes them like everyone thinks they're crazy like there's all these sort of things because it's like that was kind of cool to a certain extent with like the older kid kind of being like oh, okay like this is actually happening my like family's not weird like kind of thing and i was just like man like that would have been a cool story to have seen them you know them on the on on the same page but still having these people like doubt his father and then thinking all this other stuff is going on kind of thing i mean it's a different type of movie but it's another direction they could have gone in um yeah i mean there's definitely uh some complications that they kind of set up but then they don't follow up on yeah like the whole like kids being like beaten and like all that stuff or yeah. or people suspecting that this is happening and then like 
they're supposed to have somebody come in and investigate, and that never happened. Yeah, did social services ever show? I don't yeah, remember now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it was an interesting thought, but it was unnecessary for the film because now you set something up, and then yeah, you know, it's like yeah, then you can follow up. Yeah, and then they kind of have the the uh, again the kind of poorly executed ambiguous ending where it was just like alright your movie's done your movie's done and then they throw that last like 30 seconds yeah, in there and I, it's just kind of know, like that, that didn't need it that wasn't even like didn't need it at any point where you were kind of like well maybe they were what the fuck were they hinting at yeah it was, it was like didn't like, need it what that doesn't even make any sense <laughs> yeah yeah oh. yeah just yeah I, um, I agree with you it was it was a good idea uh, and I think if they would have gone full t- full tilt into uh, either a horror thing um, and because really, I don't think anyone's really done that before I mean there's like the thing execution of it with sort of quote unquote aliens and like various yeah, I mean there's also you know, aliens yeah uh, you know that's that's kind of a, uh, a horror alien but yeah. yeah this would have been more of like um, you know let's take the ghost story uh, or like the the haunted house story let's let's take it to a different spot and just like do this whole like reveal but this could have easily kind of developed into something sort of Steven Spielberg-ish yeah it's very true. like starting it as a ghost story and like kind of developing into the like this. there were even moments there where I was like this is really kind of a Steven Spielberg movie almost like uh like for, for like short moments, like when the kid is uh, biking back home at night, that was a very sort of like, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, he's like a little bit of a little bit high and a little bit kind of like on his like emotional high. Yeah. And I was just like, oh yeah, that, that feels like a Spielberg movie. And then we almost like felt like that might have been like this kind of like turn of events. And I, and I half expected that like, there was going to be some kind of a twist at the end where, like, it's something that we didn't expect because I think films like this almost need that. Yeah. Where they'll kind of, like, offer us a different explanation where we were like, oh, we were thinking the whole time this, but then it's really that. Yeah. And I thought there was a moment there um, when kind of towards the end she's looking through through the drawings. I was they were gonna like be oh but it's you thought it was this and you thought you knew the truth but it's it's gonna be like something completely different um and then that just didn't happen which is funny because they kind of do that and it just you just shrug you're like okay it doesn't really matter to me but (laughs) (laughs) by the way it all wraps up um i was trying to figure out what the name of that it's called knowing wow he really has done like 20 movies since 2009 um but yeah it's called knowing uh but yeah this movie um yeah shrug yeah i mean you know it wasn't it was nice to see carrie russell back um i think overall this was almost kind of like something to say like well these actors are pretty good maybe we can do something with them and you know there's maybe, uh, you know, some ideas to be mined from this kind of general premise. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we'll, we'll see some new ideas grow out of it. 
Yeah. Um, or like, you know, some better utilization of some of the ideas presented in it. But uh, overall, as a film itself, it's just not that. It's not particularly great. It's it's not terrible. Like you won't want to shoot yourself in the face watching it. But uh, but it's it's just kind of like yeah, you might as well miss it. You won't forget it. It's kind of like yeah. I gave it a uh, a sort of semi semi harsh uh, two out of five, um, and only because. I can't say that I was ever. I can't say that I was ever bored, but I just. It was very ordinary. Like there it was, was underwhelming. Yeah, like it was like very by the numbers. It was very, you know, what you'd expect. I wouldn't call it predictable per se. I would just say like, it just was like, oh, okay, if I wanted to make a, a movie in this genre, what are the typical beats that you're supposed to hit? Um, and I wouldn't say yeah, I would I mean, knock the story per se. I would just knock like birds. Okay, like you could have probably done something a little more creepy if it was just about animals or about something being drawn to your house maybe, kind of thing. Maybe they were paying homage to Hitchcock. Yeah. Perhaps. Uh, <laughs> you know, I. It's it's hard to 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 rate this film, as I said, like. You know, I wasn't, as you said, I wasn't bored throughout the movie, but I wasn't also exhilarated. I, I, I'm probably tempted to give it, like, two and a half, three, you know, just because I think it's just kind of a bland film. I think it's almost like, um, it, it felt almost like, oh, let's do this film to just kind of say, um, oh, look, we can do this with uh, maybe small amount of money, we can kind of yeah. play around, we're very inventive about how we set up effects, we can create an alien story and show you aliens and do all this stuff with with kind of sort of off-the-shelf effects kind of thing um, and still make it look good and, and, and proper. And, you know, it was nice to see some of these actors, you know, like the kids played really well. I mean, I know you're always kind of worried about kids in film and you know, listen. If you if you need to cast some kids, the, these two boys did really well, both of them. Um, so it's almost like something that you can put on your resume as like a solid piece of work, but something that might not allow it. Yeah, proof of concept almost, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I guess. Uh, so you know, I'm, I'm kind of tempted to say two and a half three stars. Uh, but I, I would say don't really bother about seeing it at the movie theaters. It's just too expensive to do that. Um, I would say, you know, go see it, you know, or, or maybe like see it on Netflix or if it comes out on TV and you're kind of interested, interested by it. Yeah. Cool. So now, uh, if we, if somebody wasn't listening to this whole and they just kind of tuned into this little segment to find out uh, what would be for you, Brandon, the last film standing. Yeah, go see uh, Snitch, man. It's um, you know, there really hasn't been a terrible rock Brandon movie. Brandon is speechless. He can't yeah. even formulate a sentence. It's like there, there really hasn't been a, uh, a, a. I actually let me let me phrase this properly. There hasn't been a terrible 
rock movie. There have been movies that have been questionably good, um, and I only cite uh, Be Cool, which the unofficial, I guess it's, it's the official unofficial sequel to uh, Get Shorty, and then uh, Southland Tales, which Z mentioned um, last week, was kind of part of a, a larger kind of multi-content, multimedia storytelling thing um, that was just ahead of its time, more or less. Um, but The Rock, you know, he has this charisma that he elevates anything that he's in. Um, I think that's why he's really successful. And, you know, he, as far as I can tell, seems to be a really genuine person, and that's why he... Uh, is doing well. What cracks me up is uh, I remember after he left wrestling, he was like, I don't need to be this big anymore. He's like, it's kind of unbelievable to see a guy that big on screen. So he like made a point to like, you know, he still wanted to stay in shape, um, but he slimmed down. And I think he did like one movie or maybe two, and then he went back to wrestling, which is why he looks like a tank again. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, as for me, as I said, like I didn't see Snitch, but um, you know, according to Brandon, go see it. Um, according to me, Dark Skies won't really have to catch it in the theaters. Um, you know, it's kind of a whatever film. So uh, you know, worth worth maybe uh, a Netflix uh, click. Um, let's say, you know, uh, but yeah, that's uh, so that's pretty much it for. Uh, uh, movie reviews. <laughs> and uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, we can jump into our next segment. Take of the week. That is right. The 85th Academy Awards uh, took place on Sunday, the 24th. Uh, this is the first time that I have really paid attention to... Actually, it's the first time I've watched the show from start to finish in years. Um, it's been a while for me too. Possibly since college. Um, and then this is also the first broadcast event of which I have participated in the second screen phenomenon. Um, to that point, um, it was actually cool. Uh, I, on Xbox, they had um, the red carpet live streaming event, so I tuned into that. Um, very typical uh, Associated Press What's feed. In the box? Yeah, the uh, Associated Press um, did a nice. Uh, I guess it was just the feed kind of going into the Xbox. Um, and what was interesting about it was that Xbox had a hashtag. I think it was like Xbox Red Red Carpet. So basically, you could tweet, um, and then it would show up on the air. Uh, I tweeted once, and then I left the room to do something. So I have no idea if I actually was on there. Um, and I was also trying to gauge whether or not they were allowing people to be, like, you know, crazy with stuff or what people were actually tweeting. Um, and then the kind of cool aspect of it was they were doing these polls at the bottom of the screen. So if something did happen um, in real time, they'd be like, oh, look at so-and-so's dress. Do you like it? Do you hate it? Is it crazy? And then you could vote. And you would have, like, six... Yeah, they were, they were doing something like that, too, on, on ABC. They have, like, hashtags like best dressed and that yeah. kind of stuff like so you could like tweet about that and, yeah uh, and you would just basically have like maybe five ten seconds to vote you would vote and then it would show you the results of everyone who was participating on that end um so it was kind of cool it didn't last the entire red carpet i think it cut out at 7 30 um and i think the show actually did start until 8 30 
Um, but it was pretty interesting regardless. And then during the show, I was looking at the Oscars official app, um, and that was kind of interesting. Uh, you had the behind-the-scenes press conference that was going on that really, I think, is only accessible online versus, um, you know, actually being broadcast on television. So if your favorite actor actress won for, um, or, you know, person won for whatever category, when they went backstage and Seth MacFarlane was on the front, I was kind of keeping an eye on the backstage thing and watching people talk and take pictures and all that stuff. Um, so, so it was kind of an interesting I supplement of kind of thing. Afterwards. Yeah. Um, Uh, stuff. <laughs> but that was very entertaining. And then, of course, uh, you know, uh, Z and I's first year that um, we were kind of tweeting back and forth, occasionally throwing the hashtag in there. Um, and then uh, the uh, real Aman Salaman joined us um, for the entire show, which I thought was actually kind of cool. Um, he kind of chimed in. Yeah, while studying for his bar exam, and uh, he had a uh, child in the background. Is that what was going on too? Didn't, didn't he mention something about? Well, that? no. He he he's a uh, he's how do you say it? Uh, he's newly uh, a father. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. and so like you know he was just saying like you know with uh, that that he's uh, I I can't remember what the tweet was about, but he was just saying like that he had time for it. Getting ready for his bar exam. Yeah. Kid. Yeah. So it's cool. a little busier now. <laughs> um, so, 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 would you like to go through these kind of actually back to front instead? Yes. Uh, so, yeah. not starting with the best picture, but let's yeah. start with um, uh, with best adapted screenplay. Yeah. Um, which, which was won by yes. Chris Terrio for Argo. Which is interesting to me only because, again, I don't, I think, we, we've had this discussion before where Django Unchained is not an original idea. Like, that is a true statement. How it deviates from what it is inspired by or based on is probably up for well, heavy debate. Well, I, I, you know, to say... To say it's not an original idea is, is kind of... I, I, I disagree with that. I will say this. Uh, you... I mean, pretty much everyone who writes anything utilizes upon ideas that came before. I, I, you know, I mean, there's sort of that statement, and, and I believe it to be very true, is that there are no original ideas. Well, not the so much to that, though, but Django into, itself is a character in a previous work, though, is it not? Yeah, but, but that's just the name. I mean, how many... How many uh, is that not, a, is that not a slave in the original uh, work, though? Huh? Is that not like a... Is, that, is Django not like a slave character in whatever... That, no, the original no, thing? No, oh, okay. no, not at all. all right. no, it's, a, it's a completely different character. Uh, he's... Uh, I, I can't remember what... Uh, it's been so long since I saw that uh, particular western, but um, but no, Django actually the 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 guy who played Django in the original one it, it makes a little cameo there, uh, you know, in that in this film. But no, he, he the characters are completely different. The storyline is completely different. Uh, maybe the idea of revenge is is, is present in both. Uh, in the name, and you know, like some of the, you know, 
I, I'm sure he, he plays around with like some of the shots that he uses and like little things like that and, and some general kind of like a little bits of the storyline. But um, more or less, no. This is uh, to say that this is not an original idea. I think it's 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 not a not a right way to say it. You know, for anyone. You know, just because he he's this is a word that's like pays homage to the spaghetti western with you know it's, it doesn't mean that he's uh he's taken story from, from other ones yeah so so i i mean i think that's genuinely a, a, an original screenplay now i mean to me best adapted is is you know like you take a work like in this case argo or even beast of the southern wild or even lincoln which is based on, uh, on actually a small part of an actual book that tells with, I think, the entire life of Lincoln. Um, and you make it into a movie instead of a book. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, I would, uh, I, I would agree with this category. I, I don't really have any qualms about it, uh, you know, Argo for Chris, uh, for adapted Chris Terrio's Argo. I, you know, I have thing. to say, I, I almost feel like, um, Life of Pi, um, could have taken this because it's such an imaginative kind of telling of, of such a, um, um, kind of like an interesting, interesting conversion of, of a story. You don't really yeah. see that very often. Possibly even Lincoln, because they didn't take like they didn't try to cram the whole story in. They just kind of like, were like, you know what? We like this part of the story. This is uh, yeah. Except uh, for the I, except for the ending on Lincoln. <laughs> yes, except for the ending. They actually like if, if you saw like the little uh, uh, montage of Lincoln as they were showing it. They ended that at the right point. Yeah, I was like, "That's the scene they should have ended the movie with." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, nothing, nothing to say against Argo, but yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I liked some of the other ones too, but, the, but this particular. Yeah. But now the best original screenplay, which, as you uh, were mentioning, uh, went to Tarantino, Django Chain. Uh, how do you feel about? That? Um, you know, I mean, I think this was Hollywood's uh, way of, you know, giving him sort of the all-encompassing, we respect your work, Oscar, because to my knowledge, this is his first win. I think he's been nominated before um, a couple of times, but... I thought he won for... Yeah, I don't, I don't recall specifically, but I feel like for some reason this is his first win, uh... Could be wrong on that. And then it was just funny, because as soon as he got on stage, I was just like, all right, the sensor has woken up. You know, everyone's sweating. Their hands are over the button. What is he going to say? Uh, <laughs> as they even tried to, like, play him off, and then, like, you know, it stopped. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, like, in that category, um, I would say that, you know, he probably, again, is in a league onto himself uh, amongst the other categories um or rather i can see other nominees i did not see moonrise kingdom and yeah, i did not did, see more by the way just to say he did win for uh for uh, that screenplay for pulp fiction gotcha. 
Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I you know that that didn't that was another one that didn't really surprise me. Um, made sense, kind of in the grand in the grand scheme. I liked, uh, you know, it, it's hard to say. I really like. I didn't see flight anymore. Um, I really liked Moon, Moonrise Kingdom. Um, I think that could have won it, um, but you know, I like Daniel and Chain, and I really enjoyed the film, so I'm cool with that. Um, yeah. So, um, and now we go on to best supporting actor, um, won by. None other than, surprisingly to us, I, I think, both of us, Christoph Waltz for Django Unchained. You know, it wasn't so surprising in the such met Like, when, when I look at the other nominees, uh, you know, I, I, again, I am probably, definitely the minority with The Master. I just, I had kind of forgotten about that movie um, up until maybe like uh, the week leading up to the Oscars. Um, and, you know, it's to each his own, kind of with that movie. Uh, Robert De Niro, it was sort of one of those, like, I don't really rem- see, remember seeing anything that was particularly, you know, exceptional, um, you know, solid, but just nothing that kind of stood out in my memory. Alan Arkin, kind of same thing, like, it was just kind of a cool performance in a, in a good, yeah, a solid it, movie. Know, Alan Arkin, well, well, great performance. Yeah. It's... It's also something that we're used to. Think. Yeah, like it was just kind of like, all right, cool. Like Alan Arkin, you know, on your on your usual A game. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones, I thought possibly could have gotten it, um, and I don't know his dramatic career too well. And I never saw. Um, I actually have it on DVD. I think collecting dust here. Um, the Valley of Ela, um, I think is what it's called. Um, I never saw it, but I think he got nominated for that. I don't recall if he won or not for that. Um, but that was kind of the only kind of thing in the back of my mind. And then Christoph Waltz, I think as I was talking uh, either on the podcast or with someone else, is just that he he's a really solid actor. You know, he's got sort of the, you know the charismatic thing, um, you know, the, the screen presence and such. But I think he's probably one of the few people. Um, very similar to some of Alan Sorkin's work, that he's just able to make Quentin Tarantino's very overwritten and non-conversational dialogue sound like a thousand percent natural. Like when you watch Christoph Waltz on screen in Inglorious Bastards, and especially in Django, which was reined in quite a bit, um, you know, just as far as his other screenplays. Christoph Waltz just, like, masterfully handles, like, when you're supposed to kind of pause and, you know, just all these kind of things. Um, just very, very well. He definitely has a really interesting sort of way about Christoph Waltz with us. Uh, I really love him as an actor. Uh, I, and, and it's not surprising to me. Like, he, didn't, he doesn't deserve it. Yeah. He does, you know. Yeah. He's a fan. He's an amazing actor doing a fantastic job at this kind of demanding role that he's playing in a way, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I, it's just what I expected to happen was either Tommy Lee Jones for the Lincoln or Philip Seymour Hoffman for the Easter. Those were the two that I expected to see up there. Um, 
but I personally probably would have gone with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, you know, we did have the disagreement on the master. I really enjoyed it. You didn't, but I think um, whether you enjoyed it or not, I think you have to give Philip Seymour Hoffman like have, you have to take your hat to him for that performance. He just really like kind of brings in to this script that that is this very kind of um, uh, you know slow moving and just kind of like farce almost he really kind of manages to 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 embody this kind of like character where you have a sense of him as a human being and, and you know i just i was really blown away by that performance. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones, I would have been angry if they had given it to him. He was really kind of a fun character um, and really had this kind of an interesting way. Uh, By the way, he he, um, he won an Oscar for The Fugitive, actually, as a best supporting. No, that's interesting. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm I'm not upset at stuff uh, Walt's winning it. I actually really like it. Um, I, I love him as an actor. Um, respect him highly. I think he's fantastic. Uh, I would, you know, I want to see him do more. Yeah. So, uh, so hopefully this will do more and more work for him. Um, I also love that, that he's just not afraid of you know, playing both uh, dramatic characters and like ridiculously funny. Characters like he did in not the Green Still, still, who cares? Yeah, And now to one of the least surprising uh, categories uh, in the Oscars yesterday is Best Supporting Actress, uh, won by none other than. And halfway for less miserables. Yeah, she she deserves uh, the uh, the the non dramatic awarding as was given to best actor. Uh, I I I would I would dare any actress in Hollywood to do the single take of that song because I remember talking um, or listening to uh, another podcast and they were just like, oh, but she just sings a song. She's barely in the movie. Like da 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 da. And I was like. Yeah, but like that scene though, that like one single take, like it's like no, like can't, there's no camera movement. It just sits there as she goes through this song, and it's just like you feel every like word and lyric in that song. Um, very, very, very awesome. Don't know what the situation is with the dress, but very, very awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was definitely some comments. Uh about the, the dress that she was wearing and uh, <laughs> the way the scenes made it look like like yeah. her nipples were like sticking foot out in front of her. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we've, we've seen, and then these are all really solid performances yes. you know, that, that are out there. Uh, but, and, and for me, not having seen films, um, all accounts, this was the least surprising, yeah, or kind of the least surprising uh, categories. Yeah, she should just walked out. I all reports the right person. Yeah, she just walked out, sang the song, dropped the mic, 
went home. (laughs) (laughs) Now, one that was was a little little more surprising was uh, the Oscar for Best Actress. Yeah, my my Uh, jaw actually dropped. I was uh, not expecting that at all. And uh, so, yeah, it went to uh, Jennifer Lawrence for Silver Linings Playbook. Um, I, you know, as I said, like, I, I posted some stuff that I, that I came across uh, about sort of, like, after, you know, the Oscars, like, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that was, like, that she was going to do it, like, the questions that she was getting, and <laughs> her little run-in with, uh, with um, uh, Jack Nicholson, and all that kind of stuff. And she just seems like a fun, cool person. Like, well, the thing that I like about her is she's very, like, she understands, and there are very few people, I almost want to say, like, Johnny Depp has said this at some point, but it's just, like, I, I think she was sort of misquoted, I think if this, if this even came from Jennifer Lawrence, but she was sort of, like, contextually misquoted as saying, like, acting is, like, a joke kind of thing. But what she meant was it was just, like, it's, it's, you know, like when you're a kid and you sort of have that experience of you're imagining that you're like a whatever and you're just kind of like playing around in your house and like the world around you is like you're just tapping into this imagination and it's yeah. just like you get to sort of do that for like a living kind of thing. Yeah. And so to and her it's just not... like a, a little bit elevated level of that. that that's all it is. Yeah. It's, it's like amazingly awesome. Yeah. Like, and even when she when she uh, was you know walking up there and she like tripped and kind of you know it was just like oh thanks you know you're all are standing up because I just fell and that was really embarrassing like I was just like you know I hope she and I, I said this to like some of the coworkers on Monday where I was just like I hope she stays like that because it's like she feels like she's like completely just like not she's not not grateful or not not appreciative it's just like she's just along for the ride kind of thing like it's like oh, okay yeah, cool I mean, like she, I'm... She, she takes it as seriously as it deserves yeah to yeah you know uh she she's appreciative i i have i get the sense at least this is just my sort of interpretation of it i i get the sense that she's appreciative of uh like everything that's sort of coming her way but then she's just like, yeah, but this is not like life and death. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, we have bigger problems in the world than, you know, who's going to win the Oscar kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you know, one person that I really, that seems to have retained that aspect, even despite her, like, basically being like one of the most decorated actresses, it is, um, they always joke about uh, her basically doing a movie and always winning. Um, Meryl Streep. Like, huh? Is it about Meryl Streep? Yes, Meryl Streep. Yeah. And she just seems to sort of like still have that sense of like she's just having fun. She plays these characters. She does an amazing job always. Like you know, you can say whatever you want about her, but in and her speeches, like her. Oscar speeches are always like she's she's gonna make a little joke and she's just having fun. She just seems to be just having a blast, even though she's got like what three, four Oscars already, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Um, and she she could definitely drop the mic and just <laughs> go out as one of the greatest. We'll have to ever. we'll have to see what happens to Jessica Chastain. Uh, 
Only because I think uh, it was either the Golden Globes or Spirit Awards or SAG or something like that where she won. And she gave, you know, like, it was sort of like a heartfelt speech, but, like, it made me, like, think, like, because what did she say? She said something about, you know, just, like, working really hard and finally being noticed and, like, finally like, all this stuff. But there's, like, something, like, about the way she said it that made it sound like, guys, I'm awesome, why can't you see that kind of thing? Kind of, like, in an arrogant kind of way versus, like, a... You know, like, oh, you know, like, you work really hard and someday, like, you know, you hope that you make it kind of... Because it's something that just rubbed me the wrong way about it. And I was just like, and I was just like, interesting. nothing wrong (laughs) and you actually, I think, I think, honestly, one has to have a little bit of sense that, like, I'm good. And, and, like, if I get the chance to to prove this, I'm going to nail it and, and... understand but see then i I would i I think there's nothing wrong with that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because um you know i I, you know in part i feel like that about my own abilities you know and and i think you have to have a little bit of that in order to push your way through this insane field of actors that are out there but see then you but then you look at like daniel day lewis and he just doesn't, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, it's just two different schools of thought where it's just, like, he... He knows he's good. Like, it's, like, he knows he's good. He like, like, okay, it's, he, he knows he's have, good, but he doesn't... He, he doesn't... I, I think he, he knows, knows he's good. Like, I'm the shit. Like, it's, like, he knows he's good, but he knows he's good... To himself, and it doesn't seem like it matters if he wins, kind of thing. Like it's like, okay, cool. Like I gave everything I could give to this role, and if it gets honored, it gets honored. If it doesn't, it doesn't, kind of thing. And then I'm gonna go back and like fish after the Oscars is done. Versus like, like I said, like it's like it's one of those things where it just like it it rubbed me the wrong way. But I I see, I I get what you're saying. I I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Comment on it. Yeah, I, mean, like, I, I like her as an actress. I think she's she's quite versatile. And yeah, did a great job. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I didn't see the, the speech. So I can't really speak for it. I just, you know, I'm just kind of commenting on like yeah. this general idea that you you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe that you're very good. Agreed. I mean, you know, look at the, even athletes. You know, you asked Michael Jordan. You know, who's the best player to ever play the game? He's probably he probably believes that it's him. You know, and deservedly so. He and, just wants to know, play I basketball. Think, <laughs> I think. I think even when he exactly. I think even when he was uh, when he was playing, he felt like he was the best player on the court, and that's in part what made him the best player on the court. You know, uh, that belief in himself. Yeah. So, you know, as much as we kind of sometimes can can sort of. Um, uh, chastise people from for that kind of um, behavior, you know, like there there has to be a level of it. Of course, it can't go like beyond sort of like I'm the shit and everybody else is, is, is you know, like sucks. But <laughs> you know, you have to have a, a certain sort of uh, perspective to it. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Um, and then we go to. The other uh, very uh, 
unsurprising victory, and that's best actor Daniel Day-Lewis for Lincoln. <laughs> there really isn't. I, mean, I didn't even realize Denzel Washington was nominated until like I saw him like in the side by side when they were like doing the uh, about to do the envelope. Oh, like, oh, I was shit. like, I was like, really? Uh, I guess it was a good movie, but I was just like, I just okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, Denzel could be nominated for almost every year. Something that he's done, he's, he's awesome. Whatever he does, um, yeah. um, I, you know, it, it's it kind hard of, to yeah. argue against Daniel Day Lewis and. It was it was almost funny to me, like how actually Meryl Streep was doing the introduction, was just like that unceremoniously, yeah. like, and the winner is Daniel Day Lewis, and it was just like, yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, everybody, let's, yeah. let's just move on. Yeah. But uh, hands down, the best speech of the Oscars goes to Daniel Day Lewis. I, I I would disagree with that, but I, I think it was solid. <laughs> I, I think it was solid. Especially his uh, his swapping joke was good. Yeah, yeah that was uh, I just and it just came sort of out of nowhere. Yeah, it like, well, it was funny because he yeah. said it and it was just like, wait, wait, did you what? just make a joke? Because he seems like like he seems yeah. like his his public persona so far, as far as like I mean, I, I haven't really seen him do interviews and stuff, but just seems like a thousand percent serious. Like he just seems like the person where someone would make a joke and he would like smirk and that would be like his equivalent of laughing. So, like, it was, like, completely from left field, and it was just, like, he made that joke, and I was like, oh. And that's why I think I tweeted... I think I, tweet, I, think I, t- I, think, I think I tweeted that, where I was like, DDL's got jokes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, you know, and I, I think I wrote the best of the speech of the... Yeah. Time. It was funny. Yeah. Awful hard. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's, like, an actor that's just in the league. Yeah. It's, it's really It'd be interesting to do a. Uh, it, it would. It would, there'd be really no way to do it without it seeming contrived now. Um, but you know, uh, when Daniel Day Lewis made that joke about um, that his wife has lived with many different men, I was just like, man, like of of all the method actors, um, I remember them t- like uh, who is it? Ryan Reynolds talking about Wesley Snipes. Um, he didn't meet him until the premiere because he was always Blade kind of thing and like Daniel D. Lewis and a few other people I was just like it would make an awesome reality show but you would probably never get the right actor or actress of like actual method pedigree to make that worth it yeah like to make that worth it but it would you know what I mean but it would be awesome to like see yeah no, but I mean, just just imagine that though. Like, it's like you you go in in the very beginning and you see him in the process and you like see him like slowly I would like becoming. To, to watch the behind the scenes, not a reality yeah. show. Not a reality like show. I would say a documentary. Like, I would say like, more yeah, more exactly. documentary. A yeah, documentary. Of, yeah, like somebody following uh, Daniel Day Lewis through his whole like process. Like, yeah, like that would actually be really solid to just kind of watch him. Like, especially I, I would have even hands down have have really loved to have seen that that showed slash documentary on Heath Ledger figuring out um, the Joker and just kind of like from day one, just like, so I remember them, they wrote a little bit about it where he was just sort of like, yeah, putting on the makeup, you know, how much makeup was it? Do you want to do a really crisp, like cartoon version of it versus the like, you know, last minute, just kind of what would you do if you, you know, it was just really cool. Like, just like that kind of stuff. Um, that would actually make oh, a, it a would be, It would be really interesting. I mean, for me, it's always interesting. 
everything. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix for the master also did a fantastic job of building the character. Um, I think he he's kind of like seen a little bit as a as a bedheaded stepchild now of the of the movies. I don't know why I'm using that term. I actually uh, he he couldn't I have was looked. just reading reading something <laughs> online that was like uh, that was uh, that said that that's such a he couldn't have looked more disinterested if he tried. Like the two or three times they cut to him, it was like it was almost like he was just like, "Why, why even bother?" Like even he had just been like, "Yeah, just, just give it to Daniel Day Lewis, so we can just like." He's like, it almost was just like, I, I kept waiting for him to just start smoking. Like I don't know if he smoked, but I just kept waiting for him to just sit there and start smoking in the middle of like. <laughs> I think, nothing I think against him. Like it was just ultimate, like his... <laughs> he's kind of like the ultimate tortured artist yeah. in the acting world, you know, kind of thing. Um, but you know, he's he's a very good actor. Because the thing is, is it's like you have to look. You look at these. You look at these nominees. So Denzel is just like, eh, I already have one. Hugh Jackman is just like a cool guy. Bradley Cooper's like, hey, I'm just happy to be nominated. Joaquin Phoenix is like, I practically was also retired, convinced to come out of retirement, to do this movie, to go through retired. all of this, and of course, it's the one year that I'm against Daniel Dickens. He, he wasn't retired. Well, he had his... That was a whole shtick. Yeah, his whole whatever. That his, wasn't, wasn't retired. I mean, his quote-unquote. I think people still think that that was all for real, but like, <laughs> that was clearly like uh, a, a, like a shtick thing to kind of like... Yeah. His, whatever uh, whatever their intention was, but that was all on purpose. That whole like persona that you developed—it was basically actually there. You go. You you were wondering what it what it would be like to watch sort of like yeah, it's true. Fully be a character. There it is. Like he was fully this like insane character that you know was yeah. So, um, um, but yeah, so then we move on to the best director, and to me, I think one of the biggest surprises. Uh, that um, that just, was just sort of like not because I don't think he deserves it, but I just think he, it was just surprising that he got it. You know what though? It was it was surprising when it happened, but again, much like sort of Jennifer Lawrence over you know yeah, you be at between it, then, then and kind of like yeah between yeah. between then and now, and I was like, you know what though, like level of difficulty and what he actually pulled off when you think about it in those terms like if that's how you're defining best director then hands down he killed it this year because it's just like the fact that he we've already talked about how versatile his career is when you consider well, i mean um, you, you could argue that maybe these of the southern wild well i didn't see the film all the sort of accounts and interviews and stuff like that that was, that was i would i'd be curious to know what you think of that movie considering that he had to work with, it. like, a lot of non-actors and, like, all yeah. this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, I definitely would be curious to see what you, when, what you think about that movie when you, uh, when you see it. Um, I mean, uh, anecdotally, uh, with non-actors, um, they're almost easier to work with than actors, depending on the type of script, depending on the, how you've cast them. Uh, obviously, you can't cast, you know, your your, I, your, your I, mailman I as the Joker. Even, even, but. <laughs> even casting someone who yeah. to play the exact character that they are in real life, uh, 
is sometimes rough because people get weird as soon as a camera is put on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just it's yeah. just how it is. You just have to be able to to parse through the person and, and, and see if they have the ability to to be unself conscious in front of a camera. Yeah, and, and that's really kind of the, the the key to acting. I think in general, yeah, is to lose that self consciousness and, and say like I, I just forget the camera is there and I'm yeah. completely concentrate on what's happening. One of the things that was actually kind of interesting. Um, this, this article that uh, I parsed for a client of ours um, was talking about do the Academy Awards matter anymore? Um, and the, the lens that they put that under was they, uh, they followed an anonymous Academy member through the process of voting. Um, and it was funny because they were like, yeah, the guy, so he's going through the ballot, you know, just checking off stuff willy-nilly, and then like when he would kind of hesitate, the person who was um, interviewing him was just kind of like, you know, he's like, you know, talk, you know, think out loud. Well, what, what's your process? And it was interesting because he, he gets the best director and he basically is like, okay, David O. Russell, I liked his earlier work. I didn't care for his last couple films. Um, the Fighter was okay. And he's like, Silver Linings Playbook was okay. He'll, he'll work it out at some point in the future. Crossed him off. He's like, Steven Spielberg made a Steven Spielberg movie. Crossed it off. Michael Haneke, I don't really like him. And it was like some personal reason. Like it was it had nothing to do with him as a filmmaker. It was just like, I don't like him because blah, blah, blah. Scratching him off. And then Ben Zeitlin, he's just like, your first movie, if you matter, you'll come back later. And then by process of elimination, it was Ang Lee. And I was like, you know, this is why I keep advocating um, for that there needs to be some sort of middle ground between the People's Choice Awards, you know, what the MTV Movie Awards used to be, the Golden Globes, and well, the Academy the, Awards, the, because... We have those awards. The, the thing is, we have those awards. That's not the issue. Uh, it's just that these, uh, that the Oscars are awards by the people in the industry, for the people in the industry. You know, you have a number of different ones that are even more specific, like the SAG Awards. It's basically the actors voting on other actors. Yeah. You, know, you have the, uh, the whatever, the directors' awards, the producers' awards, and all those different awards. So, like, if you want to see what the specific part of the industry thinks, you know, you have that. This is just one of the awards, and, you know, because they throw the most money, and they've been kind of, like, classically the, the awards... Yeah, you know, pay attention to them, but you know, do they matter more or less than a lot of other things? No, they don't. Do they matter more or less than your personal opinion of these films? They don't, because to you, you know, you might say the Avengers is the best movie of the of the year, and good for you. Who's who's gonna argue with you that to say that no, to you, the Avengers is not the best. But, you know. It's all subjective. Like I, I personally think that God uh, Atlas should have been included in, in the best films and in a lot of these categories, and it was, you know. But to me, it's not going to diminish the quality of that film. Yeah. So it's just you know it's just one of those things we look at it and we can kind of like discuss it a little bit and maybe bring bring. It might bring some movies that we normally wouldn't have noticed as much to the forefront, like uh, you know, The King's Speech in the past years and stuff like that. Well, because even to uh, 
and I think in the, it was either, either in that same article or a different article, um, the guy brought up the point where he was just like, he's like, okay, so he's like, let's take a look at last year's winner because he was just like, it, they almost are movies that don't have cultural relevance and all that stuff. And he just went into the whole like, you know, just process of what what an actual best picture, I guess, should be. And so he was like, so 2011 best picture was The Artist. And then he goes, dot, 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 how many of you forgot that that movie existed before reading that two sentences ago in this article? And I was like... But that's, yeah. that's his personal opinion. No, no, no. But, but see, then he goes on to say, he's like, so The Artist happened. No one really remembers it. So then he goes, per our site, which I forgot, I want to say it's either Complex or Cinema Blend or something like that. He goes, per our site, we said that Drive was actually the best movie that year. Didn't get nominated for anything, but three movies since Drive have come out have paid it homage or blatantly ripped off scenes from it. So he's like, Drive was a movie that was culturally impactful versus The Artist, which was just kind of like a nice one. And he, he, you know, he goes on to say, The Artist isn't a terrible movie. He really loved it. I really loved it. But it was just one of those things where he was I, just I like... I watched oh. it recently on Netflix, by the way, so that's something yeah, and so he was just like, you know, so where do you kind of put, you know, and, and the, again, the argument is just that it's become, quote unquote, more political than it has what is the actual, you know, best maybe, picture. Maybe, what, but, what, but, what but is in the end, it, it fuels a discussion, and, and um, I, I think the best picture winner doesn't always get like, you know, not everybody's going to be like, oh, best picture, da da da. People are going to look at it and be like, well, yeah, but I like Drive better, or I like this better, or I like that better, and they're going to move on. Yeah. And, you know, overall, like, it, it's more of just kind of respectable. And, and seeing it. But, um, you know, I don't, I mean, you know, it's just one group's opinion. And that group, in the end, uh, only matters as much as, as we give it. See, the one question I would ask you, because uh, this is something that I was mulling around actually with today, do you think the Academy Awards matter to seasoned professionals? Because I think that there is huge value in first-timers or people who are, you know, maybe this is their second or third performance because it's kind of like, oh, okay, this person now has pedigree. Like um, the example uh, that the article that kind of made me think about this was they were talking about Damien Bouchard, who was big in Mexico. I think his first American film was A Better Life, um, which I really liked the year that it came out. And he's been into American movies since then. And so the article was like, yeah, you know, like he, without the visibility of him winning, I think it was Best Supporting are being nominated or something like that that year, he wouldn't have gotten those roles. But then you look at people who are seasoned, and it's like, cool, you've gotten the Academy Award, but we also, you know, industry-wide and non-industry-wide already respect your work. We already know that you've, you know, 10 movies in, 15 movies in, whether you're behind or in front of the camera, you're awesome. It just so happens that now you have an official statue. Yeah, I think it, it only matters so much, I think. Um, it's nice to be recognized, I think. Um, it, it would feel like an honor to, to, to be kind of chosen as like, you know, oh, okay, you're the best director, you're, you're the best 
factor whatever it is uh, and, it, and it feels nice and it's kind of like gives you a little bit of a, a, a notoriety amongst uh, you know people around um, it, it only matters so much to the industry it really matters in the, maybe in a little bit in, in the matters of money so that you can say Oscar winner yeah so and so uh, versus just it sells those. future tickets uh, it might finances future tickets, movies you know and yeah. so so to a degree I think it matters to a degree but I don't think it's like the end all be all I mean there's there's always people who have never won an Oscar or you know like Tom Cruise who keep making a ton of movies and, and solid movies and uh, you know, make a lot of money and all of that and Tom Cruise can work with anyone he wants, anytime he wants, you know, kind of thing. Like, if he walks into your room, everybody's like, oh, shit, it's Tom Cruise. <laughs> He's never won an Oscar. Uh, you know, he probably will get at some point in the Lifetime Achievement Award or something like that. But uh, Tom Cruise never won a statue? He's never won? Oh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so overall, you know, that, that, that's kind of the thing. You know, I, I think it just matters so much. Yeah, like you you can develop a name without ever having one. Yeah, it was the same thing with. Um, uh, it's all about creating good, good, solid content. Yeah, there's a there's another article that made that exact same point that you're making, um, and it talks about Leonardo DiCaprio, and they were just like, yeah, he's one of those people that you would think you would assume he's won in the past, but he's also someone that's never, um, yeah, it's never won. But yeah, so we need to slowly start wrapping this up. So now we get to the final category and Best Picture Award, which also created a little bit of a surprise uh, and gave the award to Argo. Uh, how did you feel about this? Uh, again, just putting the Academy in full context, that movie sort of had to win. Uh, I think it could have been Life of Pi. Um, though when you just look at the other nominees and sort of, I, I, I mean, you, you never saw Beast of the Southern Wild, um, at some point we're gonna have to do a, uh, a B to Z list of the industries. Well, we tried most, that uh, in reverse and then you never watched any of the, the films that I sent you, so. No, I just like a proper, a proper <laughs> B has, to Z. It has to be fit for Pat if we're gonna Yeah, like this. a proper B to Z, like. These are the movies that everyone has historically raved about uh, and what, you know, basically have the Zero Dark Thirty conversation we have with all these movies because it's just like Beast of the Southern Wild, I shrugged, but I've run into countless people who have thought it was the greatest movie of the year. Silver Linings Playbook I really liked. I almost wouldn't have expected it to be Best Picture. Uh, Zero Dark Thirty, I was kind of indifferent to. I got into it uh, on this film shoot about that um, recently about that, where, again, everyone was just like, greatest movie, blah, 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 this and this and this, and I've stated my case there. Lincoln was kind of, you know, again, like, sort of what I made the point about Spielberg. It's just a, it was it was the best biopic that I've ever seen, but, like, it was just a well-executed Spielberg movie. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he kind which, of which, which I don't mean to say that in, like, oh, so it's so terrible, you, but it's like, you, you know, it's... Yeah, you yeah. expect him to do something out of the ordinary if he's going to win. It's it's like the equivalent of the uh, of the cubicle drone being like, oh hey, I showed up on time for work today. Yeah, you did, Spielberg. Anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, Les Mis, I could have 
you know, that could probably be removed from the list. Uh, I didn't particularly like that movie, but, you know, that one song by Anne Hathaway kind of was worth the price of admission. Life of Pi, again, when you look at the definition of best picture, uh, the technical stuff that they had to go through and storytelling all that stuff to make that movie work cohesively uh, is incredibly impressive, and I think that's why Ang Lee deserves the director. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I have to say, Ang Lee, you know, with his body of work, I don't think there's another director out yeah. there that has as diverse a body of work. And I was saying, thinking that yesterday I was like, from Hulk yeah. to uh, uh, to Brokeback Mountain to uh, Life of Pi to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It's like, who, what? This is just like, yeah. there's four movies that are that could not possibly be any closer together like or any further apart. But I mean, it's just like, and this is all the same director. Yeah. I do want to see uh, Rewatch Crouching Tiger at Uh, Amor should not even have been in this list. Yeah, that was that was something, uh, listeners, that, that and is, I kind of tweeted back and the, forth. The Academy needs to... to uh, they need to either say, one, best picture, done, or best picture and best foreign picture. Yeah, then it's you have weird. to separate them. If, if, one, if a movie is in best picture, then it can't be in best foreign picture, yeah. and, or the other way around. It's just stupid. Yeah, because it's one of those things where it, it definitely qualifies in both, but as as he's saying, like, there just needs to be a distinction of... Because, uh, I mean, on one level, it's like, all right, well, if it's in Best Foreign Picture and Best Picture, then that's a Best Foreign Picture that didn't make the cut for kind of pointless reasons, because it's kind of like, you know, both statues are equally as prestigious. Obviously, in America, Best, best Picture is kind of like the premiere award to get, but then it's just like, you know, if, if Amar was up for that, then why even have it in Best Foreign Picture and allow whatever but came exactly, in sixth place? Exactly, because the, the idea is if, if only, if out of those, whatever, five Best Foreign Picture uh, uh, nominees, only Amor was good enough to be put into Best Picture, then you automatically say, how could they possibly give the award to any of the other four? Yeah, like, that's true just, too. It's just completely idiotic. It's, yeah, it's, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, yeah, Academy, get your shit together and, and <laughs> never let this happen again because it's stupid. Yeah, plain stupid. Okay, <laughs> and then we have Django Unchained, which couldn't have possibly won this award because yeah. I, uh, that's why I, uh, I tweeted, I was just like, Spike Lee just cleared off everything from his desk when, uh, Tarantino won. I, he did a, he did some sort of State of the Union on Monday, which I missed. I, I do want to watch that, actually. Um, Spike Lee? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm infinitely curious to know what he said about, um, you know, a world post-Oscars and Tarantino in general and stuff, so. Whatever, I, I mean, I, I don't care. Like, yeah. the, the thing is, I respect, uh, uh, Spike Lee for for his film work. I I could care less what he thinks of of, uh, of Quentin Tarantino. I I totally like what Tarantino does and I for it. So yeah. Uh, and then you know we have Argo who wanted uh, you know a solid movie. We both enjoyed it. We both liked it. Um, you know, it's is the, it the absolute best film of the year? Eh, 
you know, we can argue about that. But, it's, it's the um, least offensive movie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a yeah. very solid movie, yeah. and, I, and I do wish uh, Ben Affleck. Yeah, and that's why, uh, that's what I was saying. He's uh, a fantastic director, and he's, uh, he's done some amazing work, and yeah, and that's why I was uh, I was actually gonna say uh, it's sort of a toss up between that and uh, Jennifer Lawrence's speech of the night. But I did I I, I felt like genuine, um, you know, and Ben Affleck was just kind of talking really fast and just kind of like trying to sum up the last fifteen years of his career to kind of be like, yeah, I came up here, didn't know what I was doing, and like basically like implying that everyone. Um, was just like, who is this kid? And kind of talking down to him and all that kind of stuff. Just like, you know. I got a completely different vibe. I actually got the vibe that he was saying, I was a kid who didn't know what the fuck I was doing, and I came here and everybody accepted me and helped me out when they didn't have to. No, that he was, like, that basically, like, that's that's where that, that speech ended up, where it was just kind of like, like, kind of saying that, you know, with with everyone basically looking down on him for his acting and just all the stuff that was going on with his personal life and all that stuff in the very beginning, there were very few people that he can kind of look back on and say, like, hey, you actually gave me a chance. You helped me I, out. You had that conversation. I disagree. I don't remember that in the speech at all. I'd have to, I'd have to reread that speech or re-listen to it, but I don't remember him ever mentioning anyone looking down upon him. In that That's why speech. I said implied Zoratko Rosic. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's like what I mean, though. Like, like I think, you know, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was a kid. I came here. I, you know, I had no idea what I was doing, and you guys accepted me and like helped me out way more than than anyone should have, and like you know, or that you had any reason to do all that kind of stuff. Or even that implication that that he was saying that the people in the industry were were amazing to him and very good. Yeah. And Clooney. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, but yeah, you know, good for him. I, I like him as a director. I, I'm glad to see him win. Uh, and looking forward to this future projects. Very true. I'll definitely keep watching. Very true. So then, uh, plugs of the week. Anything in particular that you caught in the last seven days? Uh, nothing really. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I, I want to catch the, the documentary side by side, which is just the film versus uh, the, the film, shooting on film versus shooting on digital. But um, that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, um, I did see the artist. Uh, I think that was before. But uh, those, those are cool movie. You know, it's on Netflix. Check it out. If you yeah, um, and then I'll just mention um, just a video game thing. Uh, Sony announced the PS4. Uh, won't go into too many details, as you can pretty much find that all over the internet. First time in seven years that we are getting a uh, new generation of video game consoles. Seven? Uh, I thought it was more. No, uh, I think it was like seven years before. Um, I mean, you could argue that there's the, uh, the Wii U, which... Uh, Many people were like became instantly irrelevant as soon as the Sony con Sony conference started, um, but uh, it's been it's been quite quite some time. Um, it'll be interesting to see the impact that that 
has on uh, Microsoft and then with Sony and Microsoft going forward with the impact on your living room will be. Um, definitely email and tweet at us about that. Yeah. Tell your friends that they can find Last Film Standing on iTunes via the web and iTunes itself, as well as Stitcher.com via their website or various mobile apps where you can subscribe, rate, and review us. And then, once again, you can follow myself on Twitter at Lamar Diablo. That's L-A-M-A-R Diablo, one word. You can follow Zed on Twitter at... Last Seat Standing. You can contact us the new old-fashioned way at feedback at lasthomestanding.com. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. 112 episodes in the can... Next year will be the 186th Oscars, uh, and we have seen absolutely nothing that will be in that race so far this year. So, signing off. How does that song go? The uh, This is something to ground control. Major tongue to ground control, <laughs> or something like that, no? And tell your friends!